Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase the people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know that we need so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens. In these diversity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of them all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me for more information to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through my LinkedIn or at nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk to change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Sarah Carver, Global Head of Digital at Delta Capital. Delta Capital is a global managed services, consulting and solutions provider with a unique combination of experience in financial services and technology innovation capability. Sarah is an experienced leader with a tr proven track record of working across the breadth of financial services, including financial exchanges, capital markets, retail and commercial banking. She's passionate about diversity and inclusion in the workplace, and she is here to share her story with us today. So after that intro, Sarah, welcome. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, it's great to have you here on an episode. Um, and what would be a really good introduction is just to hear a bit more about Delta Capita and this unique combination that you boast of the fin and the tech all together. Sure. Um, so Delta Capita is a um, brilliant organisation and what I love about it is both its culture, um, its incredible expertise of the, of the people it has on board, but also, um, as you alluded to, the tech. Um, so we're, we received investment actually just before lockdown um, from a VC called um, Prytech Holdings. Um, and they build global uh, businesses using technologies and services of its portfolio companies um, to basically pull those puzzle pieces together and create amazing solution companies. So they're they're kind of constantly scanning the market for new, incredibly clever tech. Um, and we effectively sit uh, at DC as its financial services arm. So we can connect the dots and build upon those solutions for our clients. And it has a very specific vision to kind of take those parts of financial services within the value chain. They're just non-differentiating um, and run them on behalf of banks to reduce cost, increase efficiency um, and improve customer experience. So it's a really, I do think it's a very unique combo. Yeah, that's great to hear the detail behind that. Now, what about you? So um, just so that you know, the people that listen to this podcast, it's really nice for them to hear your background, um, what you bring to that business. But let's start at your journey and your, your career journey to your current position. Sure. So 
I've always had that kind of consultancy background and I've always specialised in financial services from, from the beginning, really. But I, I suppose starting right at the beginning, uh, I did a four year maths and business degree with a year working in industry. So I went off to go and work in the, in the gas industry for a year where I got into business process modelling. And that was probably my first experience of consulting and and going in and seeing kind of an as-is process and doing to be modeling around what you want it to look like and also probably my first exposure to tech and business uh, where they had a telemetry system they were effectively using it um, to innovate in their business really early on and work out they kind of flipped their entire business model around it and it really stuck with me seeing how this piece of tech could just to create insane efficiencies within the business and make the business model so much better. So I, th I think from there, I knew I wanted to do something where it was going in and making things better within a business sense. And then, but my degree was probably more focused on the math side. In some ways it was training us to be quants. And I found that interesting, but I had no interest in being a quant, but we did have these amazing strategy lectures uh, where we were looking at businesses, understanding why they were successful, uh, researching, analysing. Um, and one of those modules, Accenture, was mentioned as kind of one of the leading consultancies. Uh, so when I left, I applied for only one job, much to my father's at the time total dismay because he, he said, you can't apply for one job and expect to get it. So just to annoy him, clearly I got it and ended up at the Stock Exchange uh, for my first job, which to me was amazing because it was this kind of such a well-known name and so such an interesting place to work. And I was really lucky there as well. I had a great mentor who he was the partner who ran the account for the LSE on behalf of Accenture. And he kind of took me under his wing and provided really early mentorship to me and kind of, I guess, gave me that faith in myself as a very entry level person um, into the workforce, kind of made me realise that I did have skills and that I would do a really good job there. So I then went and worked out for him in New York as well, for Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and then came back to London and, did, and worked for them more, more across the pond here. And then I had a, a bunch of colleagues who were looking at going across and doing something new and kind of exiting that big four environment uh, and going across to Capco, which at the time was quite a small consultancy focusing on FS. So I went there and kind of loved the environment from the get-go, that kind of more startup nature, more agile, this more environment where you could really um, make, a, make a difference and very non-hierarchical, which was important to me too. So I worked at Deutsche Bank there for a good uh, three or four years. Um, before me, my husband actually decided to take a sabbatical. Um, so we went for a seven-month honeymoon around the world. Um, and it was actually sitting on a beach, uh, I'm not sure where it was, probably Australia. Um, and I, was, I read lots and lots of uh, business books while I was away and probably checked my emails every day as well. I wasn't very good at the work-life balance back then. And I was reading The Seven Habits of, of Highly Successful People. And I don't know whether you've read that, but at the end, you write, you, there's an opportunity to write your obituary. And I wrote that, um, rather morbid. And I realised that I just wasn't... I wasn't doing what the stuff that was going to make me happy and that I was excited about. Uh, so when I got back from our from the honeymoon, I spoke to a few of the leadership team and kind of explained that I wanted to get back to the 
the customer centric problems and really feel passionate about what I was doing again. Um, and within a couple of weeks, I found myself uh, designing financial apps based around life, life experiences uh, for a retail bank um, and was just doing work I loved uh, that I was passionate about and delivering really good work for clients. And from that, actually, it was the kind of starting project for the, the Capco Digital Practice, which is now a, a rather large business. But we started off in, again, building a business within a business, doing everything from writing the initial pitch docs, working out what we wanted our market point of view to be, deciding who to recruit, how we would reward them, working out what brand we wanted in the market. It was kind of, yeah, as, as I say, it was a startup within a business. Um, and then just before lockdown, I'm effectively doing the same thing again, I guess, going to a smaller company with a very clear mission, uh, with that smaller startup culture again. So I think as you scale, you invariably lose it, right? And so I think starting that mission again uh, with a group of incredibly smart people who I, and I particularly like the DC team, because they're, they're kind of very awarded from a FS perspective. They've got incredible backgrounds. They understand the industry but they're doing it for a higher purpose where they really believe um, they can make FS better. And I think that was the bit that kind of swung up for me in all of the, the COVID chats um, and lockdown interviews. It was, I could just tell that it was going to be a firm that I was going to be really happy in. Well, I've got to say, I absolutely love so many bits that you've just talked us through there. And I know that people are so a bit of a novel. <laughs> no, a, a great novel to listen to because you've given us examples of mentoring. And that's something that I'm so passionate about and really urge the listeners to get involved in either as a mentor or a mentee. Um, you've spoken about really making a difference and, and deciding on sort of changing your direction to be able to make a bigger difference. You've spoken about... Uh, that, that example of writing your own obituary after reading that book, the, the Seven Habits, I think that's such a key example because anyone listening to this now can can very very easily do that for themselves and think, am I am I doing what what A is going to make me happy and can I can I really look at what's going to make me successful? And I think you tying the two together, saying that you had to decide really what you wanted to do and 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 now you're doing work that you absolutely love. And then hearing about, you know, what got you, to, what got you here to DC, that there's a higher purpose and it's to make FS better. And, and right now, I think that there's so much conversation around, around COVID and the struggles. And I believe in um, challenge creates innovation. And I think that yeah, companies that, that can, can look at this challenge and say, right, well, we're going to do this for that higher purpose, just as, just as you guys are. I think, um, and that's a great, a great thing to hear. So, I've absolutely loved that answer. Um, now, now, I know that a lot of people be, be um, interested in hearing exactly what you've come to Delta Capital to do. So if you could share with us, you know, your role, Global Head of Digital, what, what does that actually entail? Sure. Um, I'll try and make this one shorter. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So as you said, I'm the Global Head of Digital for Delta. And my focus is on building out our digital offer, our offering across the board um, so I'm, I'm kind of building that out across three core pillars so advisory uh, well where we'll kind of does what it says on the tin we'll advise our, our clients on digital strategy help conduct kind of tailored market research for them and work out their specific opportunities to, to differentiate in them in the market and I'm a real believer in in this stuff has to be bespoke there's no point getting a generic piece of advice around 
these are the these are the trends in wealth management that's so relevant to most most wealth managers for example that what they want is tailored advice to their specific customer base their specific business plan and i think again that's where we want to differentiate and be a kind of collaborative partner rather than a generic consultancy to our clients then the second pillar i'm very much looking around create and this is based on my background of what i've been doing for the last five years uh, so we work with uh, clients to create new propositions ideate new ideas uh, and then design and build out journeys and ultimately products to, to fill those needs and then accelerate where our, our wonderful Prytech ownership model comes in uh, where we we kind of work out uh, where there is relevant tech that we can use to accelerate our client solutions so say for example they are looking at digital servicing uh, a topic that's gone from a nice to have pre-covid to being and maybe a slight differentiator for some banks and insurance companies to almost overnight being absolutely essential in the pandemic where we saw call center volumes go through the roof and and people didn't want generic uh, recorded digital experience they wanted they wanted advice they were scared they they wanted to know what their options were and so they needed and it's kind of that that problem for banks they they of course need to push people through a digital channel but then they also need to give people advice and make them feel kind of safe and careful and those two things don't work so you don't have enough operatives to do with it, to do both those um so my team would go in to the bank assess their existing journeys and feasibility uh, we imagine them where relevant and try and see whether you can make them better and streamline them and then look to accelerate the journey with tech that we have in-house um, like CoolView, which we can install on client site in kind of four to six weeks and provides um, effectively a digital branch. So a virtual experience where, where either relationship managers or, or staff can guide customers through key documents, validate photos, uh, conduct e-sign, kind of make it feel like a really human high touch experience, albeit remote. Um, so I think that's where it's that really lovely mix of advisory and consulting, uh, but then coupled with clever tech that's not kind of fintech vaporware, that's really validated tech that's um, proven um, and just fix problems rather than just talking about them. Well, yeah, I'm a massive fan of fixing problems rather than just talking about them. I always say to people, look, if you're only going to talk about the problem, then that actually is moaning. You're not yeah, allowed to moan. Like you're allowed to highlight problems if you've got proposals for solutions. <laughs> then, then we can talk about it. Um, yeah, so I, I really, yeah, I really, really respect and, and I love a lot of what you're saying there around, around just seeing, seeing the issues and bringing action, action to, to solve things. And I know that that's something that, um, that kind of resonates through, it's resonated through, through the whole of this, this podcast. And um, it's been a huge part of who you are and, and your, your career to date. You know, you're, you're so passionate about making change happen, not just that talking, not nowhere near that moaning. It's about really instilling change. Um, I wanted you just to share with us um, how, how you've done that in, in your career and in your life, because um, that will take us on to our next question too. I think I've, I have a very, I, I don't really like victim mentalities. If I, if I don't like a situation, um, I like to take myself out of it. And I also really believe in making your own luck. Actually going back to my Accenture days, I suppose, I, I was asked to move to New York with the day's notice. 
much to my husband's <laughs> thrill since we were actually looking after our family dog at the time. Um, so I deserted him and went off to New York for three, four months. But that's one of those things where I could have obviously said, oh no, sorry, that's not going to work. And But that's one of the best experiences of my life and transformative to me, kind of being completely on my own and standing on my own two feet at a relatively young age. And kind of, I think it could have been very easy to not take that opportunity and I think you you can position yourselves for those opportunities and you can or you can kind of shy away from them so take the risk is probably one of my mentalities I always go with like what's the worst that can happen and obviously you do need to weigh up if there's bad things that could happen you need to think about them you can't just blindly go into situations but I'm a real believer in in taking risks and I suppose the other thing that, and this is more of a lesson learned from me, but supposed to something I've done, um, but take the lead role. Do not, do not feel kind of, don't settle for being the person doing all the, all the work backstage, but then not being the actor that gets on the stage at the end. I'm not sure it's a brilliant analogy, but it's one that um, I've certainly found myself in. I've, I've watched it with a lot of women who can often be the brains behind the op- operation, the strategists, um, but then get kind of sidelined into taking the side role. And I think, no, like stand up there and, and be the front that that's really that really really touch, touches my heart that 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 advice and i think that you know everyone needs to really listen to that because taking the front um can can be difficult um but no, it's think, terrifying yeah. but it's rewarding as well yeah um and and really you know it, it's so so in line with what you're saying about taking those risks you know I, I think that we are we are rewarded by stepping outside of our comfort zones um so i think i think that's a really important message and and just on that you know you you mentioned um you know there's a lot of women that that choose not to be um not to be in the limelight but actually they've they've built all the strategy they've done the hard yards um that kind of takes me on to one of my um one of my questions for you which is more around um how we can work towards building a more diverse workforce within uh, the financial services and technology industry um i know this is something that you're incredibly passionate about and, and and vocal about too and i wanted to ask you your thoughts on on actually what are what are our walking the talk top tips um because action is is so important to you i want to hear what what your advice for action is on this point yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one for me personally, because it's something I never, like, if I'm honest, all of the corporate initiatives over the years that I've witnessed around women in tech or, or women in finance will stop really, have always felt so tick box to me in nature that I actually haven't really got that involved in them. It's been the yearly International Women's Day event, and then the yearly gender pay gap report with the with the standard message from the CEO or the leadership saying, well, we're going to do better guys. And after your kind of sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth one, you just become completely disillusioned with, with it. And I suppose a little skeptical that it's for the LinkedIn banner or the, the aren't we great diversity message on the website. Um, and as a result, I probably didn't really engage in them and focused kind of from my side on, on modeling the crap behavior, calling out bad behavior when I saw it and effectively trying to be the change you wanted you wanted to see and I think in terms of the walk the talk um tips I think from a from an organization perspective I think uh for me it's instilling visible role models people need to see people who they can identify with who um who look like them who sound like them who feel like people that they can follow and they need to be in senior positions and I actually I had an interesting meeting with our with our CEO Joe Channer 
yesterday for Delta Capital, and he's an insanely inspirational character. And we go on to positive discrimination, which is one I've always struggled with because you, I would never personally want to feel that I've got into a position because I'm a woman. I can't think of anything more insulting. Um, it should be because you're the, the most capable person for the job. And then something he was saying was just saying, just frame it differently. We know that organisations that have diversity on their teams do better. So it's actually, it's a business decision in the same way as you wouldn't kind of be building a tech product and only employ developers. You need your salespeople, you need your creatives, you need your, um, your analysts, you need your introverts, your extroverts. It's, it's just, and I, it, I thought it's such a simple way of looking at it, that it's a business decision. Companies that have diversity do better. So it's, yeah, it's a no brainer. Um, and I suppose even that we were having that conversation, I think that's probably the second top tip is talk about it. I think for so long issues of, of diversity have been kind of a behind closed doors or an awkward conversation and it shouldn't be. We're talking about people. It's, it's a very easy conversation that we need to have. And if people find them difficult, well, it's, I suppose that's just a reality. I think that we need to have those, those conversations or those difficult conversations um, in order to, to solve the problem. And I think we've seen that in the last six months with everything else that's going on in the world. There's been the, the kind of, I guess, the, the realisation that talk is cheap and um, the kind of times come for, for action in lots of different areas of diversity. And I think talk is no longer deemed to be acceptable by society and action is what's required. And I love that because as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm a kind of action orientated, uh, can't, can't keep still type personality. So I love that. And I think the next thing that will flow, and I think, I really hope actually that COVID and this pandemic is, is an instigator of that, is that policies will follow because company policies is, is what will help I guess instill some of those changes because otherwise if it's just if it's just talk it won't um it won't change much and I couldn't agree more and I love that conversation that you've just shared with us about about that that sort of question around positive discrimination because it, you know the way you explain that is absolutely right and you know you can imagine I'm speaking to so many different companies that some of them just want to tick the boxes but others genuinely want to build stronger more diverse thinking teams and that's really where where we've got to get to the root of you know what's the purpose here what are we trying to what are we trying to build and be genuine around that um so i I really really appreciate those top tips because um they are genuinely things that people can take away and, and 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 be action orientated with so i love it so then it takes me on to my final question and it's more around around you your role within delta capita what is next on the horizon well, lots of fun and a busy few years, I'd imagine. But no, I think it's, we're kind of on the cusp of having a, a really exciting few years. We've, I mean, they've just had a, an incredible um, few years being nominated as one of the kind of one of Europe's fastest growing companies by the FT again this year. So I feel like they've already gone through this amazing, amazing journey and it's about to get even better. So I guess the plan is to rapidly expand and the Prytech investment allows us to do that. Um, to really kind of expedite our growth and focus on on the bits of the kind of value chain that we really want to hone in on. And like I said, I think that our kind of very focused uh, mission is to take those parts of the financial services value chain that are non-differentiating 
and and kind of take them on behalf of banks, reduce their cost, which is obviously going to be huge during um, the pandemic and, and beyond. Um, improve the efficiency of them and then obviously the bit that's close to my heart is actually improve the customer experience that that people get from that and then my hope is that that will free up the budget for them to focus on some of the stuff that I love which is the digital experience and the customer the, the customer focus and creating kind of new journeys and new targeted new new targeted journeys based on kind of very well defined personas because again what people were thinking about six months ago um has fundamentally changed overnight and not for just a few people but for everyone from wealth planning to how people bank to insurance there's just so much that's going to change from what's happened in the next six months from the in the last six months so i think it's and it's i do see it as a it's obviously horrendous what's happened from the from the pandemic perspective and the impact to humans and the impact to businesses but i think i'm very much sure kind of what what positives can come out of bad situations and i think maybe it's an opportunity for for companies to service customers better and create more digital experiences and and actually do something that has been possible technically for really quite a long time now but just hasn't been widely adopted and then from a I guess a personal perspective and in within the company expand our, our our suite of offerings in digital and we're doing some really cool stuff in reg tech as well and then actually something that's i'm very passionate about is creating a really really cool culture i really want to create a team and environment and they already have it so it's not kind of creating it it's building upon what they have um kind of continuing that really special culture and making sure we retain that as we grow um because i think if you can have a company where people are really excited about turning up each day which is what we've got at the moment then everything else is easy well, I've got to say that you make it sound easy. <laughs> and, um, and I think it's because you just take it all in, in, in your stride and, you, and you're able to do so much in, in the roles that you've, that you've shared with us and this role that you're in now. I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing you know, where, where DC goes and what you're going to be creating. And, and it's inspiring to hear you look at what's happened in, in the pandemic and say, right, now we can actually start, start helping people because that's what people need right now. Um, and to hear your, your missions, your goals, your values, it's been a, an amazing listen. So thank you for sharing so openly and honestly your background, the company and what you're planning on doing. It's been great having you on our Women of Fintech podcast series. No problem. It's really nice doing it. Yeah.